Hello, Syngap Land. My name is Michael Gralia. Today is Monday, March 14th. This is episode 51 of Syngap 10, your 10-minute weekly briefing on everything you need to know about Syngap 1. Last week was a bit of a blur. Had some cool meetings. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell you about them. There's, well, I'll, I'll talk about them next week. Um, there's a lot of stuff percolating. O-Link, probably genetic, service dogs. We had a service dog thick webinar on Thursday last week. Go check it out. I'm loath to even mention it because since then, at least three families have signed up for a service dog. So the service dog pipeline is full, which is great. We're going to make a lot of dogs. We're going to develop expertise and deepen our relationship with this trainer. I'm thrilled. Um, really what I want to talk to you about today. Oh, and last night, this is not the thing that's been keeping me busy. We had a board meeting. Very exciting. A couple people came to the end of their term and left the board. So we now have a handful of board alumni, people who've spent at least a year on the board and really understand how this organization works and are out in the community explaining to people that SRF is all in and doing everything we can to help our kids. We've had three new families join the board, which I'm so grateful for because we need to have that turnover. We need to have people coming and going, grow the board, engage families of children of all ages, patients of all ages, and, and keep growing SRF because SRF needs to grow a pace with our diagnosed community. We have 300 right now. Two weeks ago, we diagnosed like six people in a week. Last week, I think it was just a handful. Next this week, who knows? Right now, we're hundreds. Soon, we're going to be thousands. Fast forward 10, 15, 20 years. This organization is going to be a lot bigger. There'll be Syngapians who were treated, who were not treated. There'll be multiple therapies. There'll be a lot of advocacy issues. The world's going to be very different. And we're building an organization right now that will be able to advocate for our kids, look out for our kids, and support our families. And that all starts with the rotation in the board, the rotation in the volunteers, and in the leadership team. So I'm so grateful to all the families who are helping make this vision of the Syngap Research Fund a reality, building a resource for our patients and our families. But that's not, my, that's not what I want to talk about. I'm glad I mentioned it. I'm very grateful to the board. But here's what I want to talk about. I had a fascinating conversation today with a journalist. Journalists are writing this article about, <clears throat> so, you know, he sends an email, you talk to somebody, someone sent an email to a bunch of rare leaders, and I was on that email, and the guy was like, I want to write an article about how rare disease groups are working with drug companies, and if they're working with you, if they're working against you, and I was like, dude, that's like part, only part of the story. Like, we got to talk. And, and what triggered me about his question was, it was like, well, really, once you get a drug company to work on your disease, you're done, right? Like, you're good. And I was like, I wonder how widespread this misconception is. And the term I will introduce here is necessary but not sufficient. Okay, so when I talk to families who are like, are, you know, about citizen, I'm taking a detour, but I'm going to get back to the point. When I talk to families about citizen and I say, you got to sign up for citizen, they're like, are drug companies going to get this data? And I'm like, yeah, that's the point, right? We're going to put all the data into citizen. We're going to anonymize it so people's privacy is protected. We're going to give it to researchers and then companies are going to license it, which means they're going to, you know, pay citizen a fee and then get, get, get access to the data. But it'll be anonymized. But you want drug companies to have that data because only drug companies make drugs, right? You wouldn't buy a car from Hershey. You don't want to buy a drug from a university. Universities make students. You want to buy a drug from a drug company. You want to buy a drug from Pfizer or Novartis or Merck or one of these big companies. What's my point? My point is, a drug company or a biotech, so big drug company, small biotech, call, I call them biopharma altogether, working on a technology that can increase the levels of Syngap expression in the brain 
is necessary but not sufficient. And we are blessed that a very good company, you heard me talk about this in a previous episode, Stoke, is working with a technology, Tango, that can upregulate Syngap expression in the brain. And you've heard me allude before that there are other companies who've been in touch with the fund that are also thinking about working on Syngap, but that's not public information, so I can't use their name. But they're out there. There's companies thinking about us. That's great. So why are we bothered? Mike, go back to your day job. You don't have to work anymore. Not true. Not true. I made this argument to the journalists, and I want to make it to you today. SRF still desperately needs to exist, and here's why. Reason why, number one, we still get incredibly mixed care out there in the world. The world does not know enough about Syngap 1, right? There's a handful of clinicians, God bless them, who know our kids and take great care of our kids. There's a bunch of clinicians who can't spell Syngap 1 and are taking care of our kids, and we need to help them. Just vanilla awareness and getting the best clinical information together. Thank you, Marta Dehia. Two, building a community of parents, reaching out to people who are newly diagnosed, connecting them in supportive and safe groups so they can, they can connect with other parents and realize they're not losing their minds. Basic mental health for the families who've been struggling with these undiagnosed kids for too long. Hugely important. But three and four, organizing patient data, preparing for clinical trials. This is some of the most important work we do after raising money and funding science. Because this company and that company and that company are working on different therapies and we don't know what's going to work and those therapies aren't going to work on all mutations. So we as a community have an obligation to keep pushing the envelope. I'm going to talk to you as soon as we approve some grants. I'm going to tell you guys about some grants um, that will make sure we treat all mutations, right? No Syngapian left behind. We should make that a bumper sticker. I'll talk to Jen. No Syngapian left behind. But I'm, just, I'm getting off topic. So we, so we have to, you know, raise awareness about the disease among clinicians. We have to support the families. We have to raise money and invest in science. No Syngapian left behind. I like all those things. And what I, the point I was making to this journalist was, in addition to all that, and even though we know of at least one company who's publicly working on our disease, we still desperately and importantly need to be... <clears throat> Clearing the roadblocks for clinical trials. So we don't know what we're going to measure in a clinical trial. That's why we need validated scales. See ORCA, see Fraser, see eye tracking. That's why we need biomarkers. We still need to find some biomarkers, right? We still need to find something we can measure. Did you watch the data panel where I talked to Beacon Biosignals? EEGs, maybe Dr. Kadam will come up with that. Or something we can measure maybe in the blood where we can understand Syngap levels without biopsying the brain. We desperately need biomarkers and validated scales. And we also need to organize patient data. Keep in mind, a year and, a year and change ago, we launched Citizen. We now have over 160 patients in Citizen, and we're, and we're funding work at Boston Children's Hospital to analyze that data and update the natural history. Huge progress. And to clear other obstacles as they arise. And let me give you an example of that. So it's talking, I'm, I'm re-recording, this is my second take on this because I, I, I might have said too much in the last one, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this a little bit higher level. I was talking to a biopharma CEO and uh, he called me last week and he's like, Mike, I've got these platforms that work on certain kinds of mutations. I'm not going to say more because I don't know how much is I'm, I'm allowed to say. He said, I need a mouse with this kind of mutation so I can test it. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we don't have that. And he said, you know, I called this gene, I called that gene, I called that gene, because I'm also looking at these three or four other genes. Because remember, these companies, 
They have a technology that works on a certain kind of gene. They reach out to those gene groups. We're one of many here. Don't forget that. All those genes had this kind of mouse with this simple mutation. And I need one in Syngap. And I was like, yeah. And they all had them? He said, yep. And I was like, oh, we're behind. I said, okay, we'll make the mouse. Leave it with me. We'll get the mouse made. And I was like, what does a mouse cost? Turns out a mouse is like, kind of like a used Subaru. They're like in the, they're somewhere between 25 and 50. I realize that's an egregiously large range, but we're working on it. So thank you very much, Julie. We're talking to four companies right now. Do you know companies, there's companies out there that make genetically modified mouse? Who knew? We're, we're getting quotes from four different companies to make a mouse right now so that we can get this mouse, so that we can have it and let this company use it. Now, rational actor will say, Mike, why are we making mice for companies? Do we own the price of this company? No, we don't. So why are we giving them mice? Let them make their own mice. No, 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 no. Let's, first of all, they have choices. They have three other genes they can work on. We want to keep them at the table of Syngap, right? Number one. Number two, everyone else has a mouse. Do you ever think about why that is? Number three, let's say hypothetically, and they wouldn't do this, that they took the money, made the mouse for themselves, and tested it on the mouse. Then the next company comes along that needs to test this kind of basic mutation, and they're going to make their own mouse. You're going to take that bet again? No, no, no. This is a mouse. Simple. You make the mouse. You, you put the mouse in the Jackson Labs. Anyone who wants the mouse orders a copy of the mouse. They get a mouse. They're like a PDF. You can just copy-paste them-ish. So we need to make this mouse. And there's, there's, maybe there's two flavors of this mutation, so maybe we need to make two mice. Whatever. We'll make a mouse. And so we've started talking to people about that, and then we'll raise some money. And then we'll make some mice. And in a few months, we'll be able to give this mice to these guys. And these guys will put their tech in this mouse and they'll know whether or not their tech works in a living thing. And we want them to try it on mice before they try it on our kids, humans. Super exciting. Super exciting. And another great example as to why the Syngap Research Fund and patient advocacy need, groups need to exist. Not to get drug companies to work on their drug but to work in partnership with drug companies to facilitate the fastest possible development of safe and effective treatments for our loved ones. That's why we're here. So I'm so grateful to the three new families who joined the board last night. And I'm so grateful to the dozens of volunteers and the families who keep showing up and saying, how can I help? And I'm so grateful to you for listening because we have a tremendous, if not infinite amount of work ahead of us. It's important that we take some joy in this community. We do as much work as we can together. And we improve the future for our loved ones as much as possible. I'm looking over my shoulder. I feel like I'm afraid my loved one is about to barge in here. But um, happy Monday. Thanks for listening. Take good care.